podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Australia win by two wickets at Edgebaston, an all-timer of a test. For once in a close Ashes test in England, it's Australia who prevail. Uh, we'll reserve our more sombre England post-mortem style analysis for tomorrow's weekly show. But first off, Mel, what a game from literally ball one. That was incredible, exhausting even. Two teams just two teams that just never really let the other one out of sight for all five days. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. This is stupid, this game of test cricket. What other sport? Can you be just shredded over five days? And that's how I feel. It's just from the very first ball. And then you go yesterday when, you know, Joe Root very first ball, just all the way along. Honestly, it was absolutely brilliant. You know, I was thinking back to Headingley, which was the greatest day I've ever experienced um, in covering Test cricket. I've never experienced a day like that. but that, when you look back at it, it was a brilliant last day to a, like, you know, fine test. It, mm. wasn't, it wasn't like, the, you know, the whole test. Whereas this, it just felt like the whole test was so evenly poised at mm. any one time. And it was so hard to read it at any one time. And, and I, I mean, I've, I'm just gone. I'm probably going to be <laughs> rubbish on this podcast because I'm not sure I can even speak. Uh, but it... it just was absolutely brilliant. Brilliant from both teams. They yeah. both deserve so much credit for giving us such amazing uh, entertainment. And I think so much richer for the contrasting styles. That was so much in the build-up, but even on the final day. Like that first set, for that first hour, there were 21 runs. In, before Driggs yesterday, England scored 93 runs. The game basically moved as slowly in that first hour today as it was when the covers were on this morning. It wasn't going anywhere cat and mouse throughout days four and five and I, I, I was so impressed with how Australia kind of just thought no we, we're just going to hang in there we're just going to hang in there hang in there hang in there and then kind of see what happens in the end and England tried to do progressively funkier and funkier things and they're still pretty rigid in how they're going about things and I was just I thought Kawaja a couple of superstars from Australia Kawaja I know that he wasn't there at the end but it's an astonishing test match for a guy who hadn't got a big score in England before and then Pat Cummins, it feels, listening to him talk at the end, it feels like this is a personal mission of his for Australia to win here in England. And he's going to be the man that, that drives that mission. Yeah. Uh, uh, the contrasting styles, I, I do think, well, and this is a great thing, you know, we, we, we talked about the contrasting styles so much leading into this. And I had this bit of a fear coming into this test. I was like, I, th- I thought, God, what if the what if the first test is is actually a bit of a dud and we've, we've built it up and built it up? And I'm actually just so happy that mm. what we've ended up with these two styles, it it's as fascinating as we thought and hoped it would be. May, probably even more so, actually. Mm. Uh, and because uh, I think, you know, there, there, there was a bit of a feeling, you know, the way the South Africa series or whatever, that, that England could go boom or bust. And maybe that would be that sort of test where mm. it went that way. But this wasn't. This was uh, a far different test match to certainly any of the ones um, that I watched last summer mm. over here. So so that for me, first and foremost, was really important for the series, that, that there is a genuine contest between mm. 
these two ideas and it and it's great because you know there are there, there is more more than one one way to do it uh, and what we've got is two contrasting styles that make for brilliantly entertaining cricket and i i hope there's not um I mean, I, I sound like I'm going to sound like a disciple of of baseball or, or whatever, but I just hope people don't lose turn on it. I guess mm. I hope people don't get too bogged down in the first innings declaration. You know, if they hadn't declared at that point in time, who knows what might have happened? They might have lost by more. We might have meandered to a draw. So there's there's sliding door moments, I guess. There were so many of those moments across the yeah. all five days. And yeah. I kind of think that I'm pretty optimistic about England after that test match, actually almost more That's optimistic. That's not like you. You're <laughs> such a pessimistic <laughs> no, not all, fan. Not, not all the time. <laughs> but I think if compared to how I felt before day one, I think England will feel that they lost that test match, not because they had style of cricket. They lost that test match mainly because of unforced areas that had nothing to do with their style of cricket. Uh, you can maybe argue that the selection of Johnny Bairstow is their style of cricket, but the missed chances from him and also the no balls, the no ball uh, when Broad got Kawaja with the second ball or the second new ball in Australia's first innings and then, what, 20 runs in no balls across the Test match, maybe even more. That's so pivotal at the end. And you're right to say the declaration, sure, they left runs out there, but also allowed time in the game that wouldn't have engineered that finish at the end um we bumped into each other just before Carey got out i think and england were probably still favorites then and especially more so when root got Carey. uh reward for plugging away when moeen wasn't really able to bowl when did you sense that australia might actually be favorites in that final hour oh i think i i think i tweeted it out i i, I actually felt probably probably around the time when they were a hundred, 110 runs. And I know that was a long, long time before and, and logic would tell you that England was still favourites. But I just thought, look, I just felt like they were edging their way. Mm. And if they had wickets in hand that that they would go for it. Um, Pat Cummins, I mean, there's this lovely symmetry there. You know, he, he hit a boundary to win uh, his first ever test match before he was injured for six years and, and didn't play his second until six years later. So um, essentially a series of injuries. So, you know, he was he was touted as an all-rounder. And so I kind of felt too, while ever he was around, you talk about symmetry, it was almost like the flip side of Headingley, you know, four years ago. Yeah. Uh, the, the captain batting with the tail and the spinner uh, to basically get the game home. So, Cummins uh, in, in line at the centre of it as well. Exactly. It, there were so many things, so yeah. many echoes of the past of going through that. So that, that, that for me was quite interesting. But they they will feel that this is... Uh, they'll feel a couple of things. They'll feel it was, yes, we've, we've got the game plan to mm. counter what England do. But I do think they'll, they also know that they're in a fight and there'll be things that probably have taken them by surprise as well. You know, mm. there are a couple of their bowlers who perhaps went for more runs and than, than they thought might have. Uh, there'll be things that they'll look at as well. Mm. Um, something that we've not actually touched upon at all over the last four days that definitely deserves mention is the pitch. Uh, <laughs> unusually slow pitch. And mm. actually, take a step back, almost incredible to get a test match like that on a pitch like that. I think normally, if you go, if you go back five, ten years to normal test sides, probably playing out a pretty pretty boring draw uh, a lot of England fans will be 
might be tearing their hairs out looking at England's fields at the end. Why are they still bowling root with the old ball? Why do they take the new ball and not have any slips or only have one slip? Stokes said at the end of the game, mm. it's the pitch really. You know, normally you take the new ball, even Stokes said it himself, he would have had three slips normally. But there's no pace in that pitch and it didn't in the end detract from the spectacle but I think both teams deserve particularly England deserve a lot of credit for making it a spectacle with that surface yeah and I think if as as England fans you know if they look at at criticizing things that they did it's probably important to remember that because well they did move the game along with that declaration um and also the the fact that they battered aggressively ended up getting bowled out but the fact Mm. that they did so um it was partly because of that, because mm. they, they, they almost had to if they were going to actually go for the win mm. uh, and be as aggressive as as they had set their stall out to be. So, yeah, I, 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 it, still objectively don't think it was a great pitch. And I, I noticed people will then say, oh, but we've got a test. And I saw this on, you know, on Twitter, people saying, oh, you know, test comes down to the last day, blah, blah, blah. Where's everyone moaning about the pitch now? Mm. Well, no. Basically, the players uh, did an incredible job mm. to put on the test that they did on that pitch uh, mm. because it was slow. And mm. you know they, they kept coming in here and saying, there's, there's really not much in it. And people from both press packs were saying it from day one. People from both teams were saying it from early on. So I, I don't think this is people being wise off the event. It no. was very much, this was a trend throughout the whole game, which was very slow. Absolutely. Um, well, Mel, thanks for your time. We'll be back in your feeds on Wednesday afternoon to dissect everything we saw over the whole five-day test and to preview the women's test at Treadbridge that starts on Thursday. Sports Social Podcast Network.